some of the greatest moments of joy and peace in the presence of God was when I was sitting back in the rows and shouting out at the top of my lungs with this song. I know that if you've heard this song before, you've felt the presence of God before because these words are true. I also know that if you've never heard this song before and it's the first time, well, praise God, I assure you the next time you hear this song, the presence of God will be there again and it'll be the same God that sustains you. Let's just come before the presence of the Lord in this place, Heavenly Father. We just lift all praise and all honor and all glory to you because you are the God that sustains then, now, and into the future. Oh, Lord, my God, when I'm in awesome wonder, consider, Lord, the works thy hands have Wow. 
that you gave them that touches our hearts even now today because Lord how great thou art Lord we just thank you for all the miracles that we may not know about but that you are right now working we thank you for the victories that we just sang about that you are now right now in this moment putting together. We thank you, Lord, for the days of grace and the days of mercy and the days of love love that we are looking forward to that right now we may not feel because we're in the midst of a little fire. 
but we're going to feel it soon because we stand on the promise of your word right now, Heavenly Father. Lord, we pray for amazing healing for those people in this room who are not feeling quite right, for those people in this room who are feeling, you know, really, really bad and that have, you know, doctors and all kinds of people trying to give them services, Heavenly Father. I pray for them that you would restore them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. I pray that you would put people of wisdom in their medical team that would know how to look at them and know how to analyze it and say, this is what needs to happen. Thank you, Lord, for those people that surround the people that need healing. Thank you for the wisdom that you had given them. Lord, there are people in this place that have all kinds of other issues, things we could not even imagine. Lord, I pray for them. It's first that you would restore their heart and fill them with the knowledge that you love them, that no matter how bad their circumstances may feel or look like, that you love them, that no matter what they did to get themselves there, that you love them, that your mercy is new and restored every single minute of every single day. Could you just fill them with that knowledge right now, Heavenly Father? Because that is your promise. They are seeking and they are knocking and your promise is that you will answer. Lord, there are people in this place with all kinds of needs, but there are also in this people, there are people in this place that come in here with great joy. And with them, Heavenly Father, we lift up a proclamation of joy and say, thank you, Lord, for the things that you have done for them in this place. They stand here as a testament and bring their crowns of glory to the foot of the cross saying, thank you, Heavenly Father. And we rejoice with them because we know that we will all be there one day, that we will all lay crowns of joy and glory at the foot of the cross. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. It never fails. Lord, I pray for Pastor Richard and Pastor Mike as you're recovering. I pray for people in this church for all kinds of other needs. I pray for people online that are watching us, Lord, that your presence just flow through those lines and fill up their place wherever they may be. I pray for our nation. I pray for our homeless as we have this bout of really cold, of really, really cold weather. Heavenly Father, would you just help them find shelter and a place to stay and people who have love in their heart that are going to open it up and give them what they need in this time of need. Lord, we just declare once again how great thou art. And our heart does sing how great thou art, Lord. Our heart sings with joy for your presence and your love and your grace and your mercy. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the house of God, saints. Isn't it good to be here? If you are happy to be here, would you turn to someone and say, I am so glad to see you in the house of God, my beloved brother and sister. Good evening, New Beginnings family. How are we doing tonight? All right, God showed up, amen. Are we ready for his word? Are we ready for his love? Amen. Well, church, as you make your way back to your seats, I just want to say it's awesome that you guys are here on a Wednesday night. There are so many things that you could have been doing getting ready for work the next day, making dinner, out with other plans, but you decided to be here because you needed to be fed. You needed some love tonight, and that's why you're here, and we just thank you. Um, before we get started, I don't want to embarrass anybody. That's the last thing I want to do, but is there anyone visiting us for the very first time tonight? Hey, Amen. Welcome, guys. Welcome. A lot of you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We're so glad you guys found us, and if you're joining with us online for the very first time, we want to welcome you too. So glad you found us. Well, church, before we get started tonight, there's a few announcements that uh, we're going to get through real quick to let you know what's going on. Uh, first and foremost, um, that already passed. Uh, 
this Friday, <laughs> this Friday, March 10th, we're going to be uh, doing our food distribution. Um, if you would like some, some groceries, if you would like some meals, we're going to be here this coming Friday at 12 p.m. to um, give families and people in need who need meals, who need food, who need groceries, whatever they need, we're going to be here for that this Friday at 12 o'clock. And next Friday, just kidding, it's already March 1st, and my bad, (laughs) my bad. Next Friday, you're right. So that's next Friday, (laughs) next Friday at 12, and we're going to need volunteers as well. So if you would like to volunteer, if you would like to be a part of that, to see people get meals, but not just that, you want to see people feel loved, uh, we're going to need volunteers for that. If you would like to, uh, just be here at 10 a.m. next Friday, all right? Next Friday, this coming Saturday, the 4th, got it right this time, this coming Saturday, the 4th, Sisterhood at 10 a.m. Yes. Sisters in Christ, we are having a, a uh, guest speaker, Ethel Mahar. She's been up here a couple of times, or a few times, actually, and she was just up here on um, Sunday. And we're going to have, there's, it's going to be a potluck. We're going to have food, and we're going to have that guest speaker, Ethel Maharg, and she's going to bring an awesome word for you ladies who need to be encouraged, who just need some wisdom. Um, invite someone. Invite your daughters, your granddaughters, your nieces, your aunts, your moms, whoever. Um, bring them over here. Show them what New Beginnings is all about. Show them the sisters of New Beginnings, what you guys are all about and what God is doing in your life, and share life with one, of, uh, one another. That's going to be this coming Saturday. Amen. This coming Saturday, March 4th at 10 a.m. Uh, also on Friday, March 10th at 6 p.m., youth is having a movie night the, uh, next Friday. Almost did it again. Next Friday at 6 p.m., they're going to be watching Joseph King of Dreams. What an amazing story to be told through film. Uh, I'm a huge movie guy, and in these days, you don't see a lot of Jesus. You don't see a lot of God in films today, unfortunately. But this right here is an amazing film. It's, it brings the life to story of, of Joseph and his faithfulness to God, how he went from being sold into slavery, and how God used him because of his faithfulness to be second in command of all of Egypt. And it's going to be an awesome night. It's not just going to be a movie night. We're gonna, they're going to follow with a teaching right, right uh, after the movie as well. So that's going to be next Friday. Uh, March 10th at 6 p.m. Um, and then last, uh, church, some good news. If you have not heard yet, Pastor Richard is finally home. Uh, yes. He is finally home. He came back last week. Uh, he is at home uh, resting. Um, and we just want to continue to pray for him, let him rest, let him, let him get moving so that when he is ready, when he is healthy, he could come back um, on fire for God and for you guys as well. Um, so just continue to pray for him. A lot of you have been asking to, you guys uh, are wanting to make some meals for him, um, make him some little gift bags, baskets of some sort. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, they are, they are uh, so much thankful for that. If you would like to do that, if you would like to send him a gift basket or some meals, um, Call our front offices, our, our main offices, Monday through Friday from 8 to 5, and they can get you situated uh, if you would like to send them a little gift or a meal. Um, he appreciates it. Again, um, yeah, he appreciates it. Um, with that being said, we just want to thank all of our guest speakers that we've been having ever since that he left uh, for his recovery and his surgery. Thank you for Let's give a hand to all of our guest speakers for Sunday and Wednesdays. It takes a lot of courage to be up here and stand before you all to bring the most important word in all of history. Um, so, yeah. And last but not least, thank you for your tithing. Everything that we do here at New Beginnings Church couldn't be done without your faithful, your faithful giving and your tithing. If you have your tithe today, there's a few ways you can do that. Um, we have envelopes outside. If you have a cash, if you have cash or a check, you could put it in there and then if you would be so kind to write your information so we, so we can just say thank you for doing that. And then we have drop boxes at the exits of the sanctuary when you're dismissed today. Um, and then we also have 
Text to give, you can give through our website, nbcabq.com slash give. Or if you have our app, um, there's a little place at the bottom that says give, and it's got a heart, and it'll just take you to our website. There's so many ways to do that. So again, thank you for your giving and your tithing. Uh, church, that's it. Not a whole lot. Uh, with that being said, we want to welcome our speaker for tonight. This guy is awesome. He does so much around this building. And literally, there's not a thing in this world that we can give him for his thanks. Um, please welcome Tomas Leemayes. He, he wasn't lying just to get up here because, you know, this is Pastor Mansfield's pulpit, and <laughs> everybody want, can't wait till Pastor comes back. But I just thank God that God has given me the privilege to get up here. So, Lord, I just want to start off with prayer. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you, God, for everything that you're doing here at New Beginnings Church, Lord. I just pray that you prepare the hearts of everybody that is sitting in the pews, Lord Jesus. That the message that comes through, Lord, that it's you, Lord Jesus. And that everybody receive it, Lord, and walk home feeling brand new with a new beginning, Lord. We thank you and praise you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, so today we're going to start off uh, a new series, a nine-week series on Psalms 23. And we are living in a world of stress and turmoil and worry. I know none of you guys worry, so. But it, so it's, 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 the, the name of the title of this is God's Solution to Worry. So we're going to start off with Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare me a feast for me in presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you and praise you in your holy name. This, this scripture, the scriptures, this is my life right now. When I, when I turn my life to Christ, oh yeah, dismiss the youth. And I usually get that right away. Sorry about that, guys. I wanted you guys to hear the message is what it was, but David's got something for you guys. <laughs> so anyways, Psalms 23 is my life when I made Jesus Christ my shepherd. Once he became my shepherd, he gave me everything that I needed. And when I came into the home at UHC, I didn't have anything, but you know what I had? I had Jesus. And that's all I needed, God. I said, God, I don't want anything. I'm happy sitting here at this table with my Bible open, my journal open, and knowing that I'm back in your presence. That's all I need. I don't want, I don't want the blessings if they're going to get in the way of what you're doing in my life. I don't want anything. All I want is where I'm at right now. And I thank God for that. And I, and I thank Pastor Chris and Sonia for stepping up and bringing me into UHC at that time. Because that was Jesus Christ giving me another chance, a knucklehead. But today I can say that everything that Psalms 23 is, is doing, in my, it, it, it's right to the word. It renews my strength. He guides me along paths, bringing honor in his name. That's all I do. I give God honor in everything I do because he's all that matters, guys. This world is so corrupt that it, it takes us off to where we forget about Jesus. We start worrying about the things of this world. So the psalm gives us a picture of God. And a little girl, so look at this. A little girl in a Sunday school is draw, drawing a picture of God. They will know, and the people, they ask the little girl, the, the, the teachers, they're all, what are you drawing? What, 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 what does God look like? And she goes, they will know when I finish. Where is God in all of this? What's your picture of God? If you were to draw a picture, what, what, what would you draw? And where God is in all this is he's in your worship. Everything that you worship, God needs to be part of it. Instead of worshiping our phones, 
worshiping the TV, the sports, our spouses, our significant others, all, you mean whatever it is, that, that our worship should be God. It shouldn't be none of that. We should worship God. Or we should, we, where God is in all of this in our health. What about our health? Are you eating what you're supposed to be eating? Are you drinking what you're supposed to be drinking? And it's crazy because the world just loves to throw things at us, throw things at us, to, 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 so we don't put God in our health. And then in our jobs, where's God at in your job? Are you taking Jesus with you to your job? I thank God that I work here in the church because it's all Jesus up here, but I'm talking about you guys that are working in the oil fields, are working over at the restaurants. I mean, are you guys taking God there? Are you being God's light? Are you, that, are you that minister, that pastor in your workplace that everybody goes to because they need prayer because they're living in darkness? That's what we have to be where we go. We're ministers to every place that we go. So that's how we honor God in our jobs. And then in our families, do you have a God-honoring home? Are you, are you living the way Jesus lives in front of your children? Are you watching things that you're supposed to be watching? Are you inviting people over that are God-honoring? And then, and then in our marriages, in our relationships, God has to be the center of those marriages, and they has to be the center of those relationships. And then in our finances, if you honor God in your finances, whew, it doesn't stop. You don't live check to check no more. Your barns overflow because you don't, you don't care about the money. You, you just care about what you, what you could do to bless people with this money. Let, let, me get, let me get Whitney Houston money and see what I do with it. I do it all for God. You'd open up homes all the way across the United States, women's homes, men's homes, because that's putting God in everything that we do. Don't give me money like that, you lying devil. Because I'm going I'm to open up some homes up in this place. So that brings us to our first point. The problems with worry. It is unhelpful. It doesn't change anything. It's doing without doing. It's anxiety without doing. It can't change the past or cannot control the future. It just makes us miserable today. So a lot of times we're worrying when we don't need to worry. That's the enemy just throwing that at you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Shoot, if I'm walking with Jesus, he's got this. He's got it. I know he does. It's as soon as I walk away from Jesus that, yeah, you better start worrying because it's not going to work in your favor if you're walking away from God. But when you're walking with God, you got God's favor. He's going to get you through it. Know how bad the situation is. He's going to bring good out of it. We don't see it, but he is. So it is unreasonable worry. It exaggerates the problem. It makes mountains of molehills, and more you, the more you review, the bigger it gets. So it could be something like being on time in the morning. <laughs> I, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. I'm gonna, I, I, I've been late all week long, and I'm only five, six minutes late. But because of that worry... I'm getting my wife all mad and stressed out, and the baby's crying, and my wife's screaming at me. And if I would have just sat back, got into prayer, and you know what? Everything's going to be all right. I mean, we're all in God's speed. God will take care of the situation. He'll soften the hearts of our employers, our bosses, and everybody else that, that we're worried. That, I mean, because God's favor. It's God's favor. So to worry about something you can't change is useless. It's useless. If you can't change it, why worry about it? It's easier said than done, I know. But, but the first day is the tough day. But the next day, it, it kind of gets a little bit better. And then the next day after that, it gets a little better. And then after a week later, you forgot all about it. You're like, oh, well, it happened, it happened, so I'm just going to keep pushing forward. So... To worry about something you can change is dumb. Change it. <laughs> Just change it. Stop worrying about it. I mean, I'm worried that my wife is going to get mad because the house is a mess. Well, then go do, clean the house before she gets home. 
Stop worrying. <laughs> I'm beating myself up for this. Right? <laughs> it is unhealthy. It's also unhealthy, guys. It brings headaches, insomnia. You can't sleep because you're thinking about it all night. You get ulcers, etc. You become unhappy and unhealthy. The old English word for worry is strangle or choke. You were not born, we were not born to worry. You have learned it. And practice makes perfect. If it's learned, it can also be unlearned. Just like our my addiction was. I I was I was born innocent. We're all born innocent, but then we fall into some type of addiction. And that's where, that's where the worry comes in. I mean, we, we bring the worry upon ourselves. So if we can, we can learn how to do it, we can learn how not to do it. And it doesn't, ta- it doesn't just happen overnight. You go, boom, I'm not going to worry no more. You practice at it. You start practicing at it. And, and the, way with, I, the reason I use addiction is because when I would go to get in a fight, maybe with my wife or something, and the first thing the enemy tries to do is like, here, Go drink. Go smoke a cigarette. Go smoke some weed. Well, you know what? If you just get in prayer and pray to the Lord, within 20 minutes, that feeling is gone. You no longer are worried. You're no longer wanting this and wanting that. All you want is Jesus. And that's, that's the secret, guys. It's a gold nugget, actually. You run to Christ. You run to Jesus when, when you feel like running to the things of the world. And when you run to Jesus and not the things of the world, you get the blessing. But when you run to the things of the world, you get the curse. And then you wonder why, oh, why me, why me, why me? It's because you keep running to the things of the world. Stop running to the money. Stop running to to the drugs, the food, the alcohol, the cigarettes. Run to God. Get down on your knees and start praying. And I'm telling you, the blessing is coming. And trust me, the blessing comes. When a blessing is coming, that's when it gets real, real hard. So when you're over there stressing out about this and that and this and that, it's because God's going to bless you and the enemy knows it. And he's like, i got to do whatever I can to trip them up so that they don't get this blessing. So it's unnecessary. Worry is unnecessary. You are saying that God can't. So when you start worrying about things, you're saying, you know what, my God can't do it. You know why? It's because your God's a little God. And if your God's a little God, your problems are real big. But if your God is the big God, like my God is, my problems are real small. God answers, God answers to worry. That's it. God answers to worry. He answers it. He takes care. He knows. He knows. He came down into this, this world, and he, he lived our life. He lived this life. He went through what we're going so that he can lead us. So Psalms 23, God's answer to worry, Psalms 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Straight up. Just like when I told you when I was in the home. I had all that I needed. I was back in God's presence. I was good with God. And that's all I needed. I didn't need anything else. So that brings me to uh, point two. Believe that God will take care of you. What does a shepherd do? He watches over his flock. That's what a shepherd does. He watches over the people that he's leading. He's taking care of them. Believe that God will take care of you. So he will feed his flock, Isaiah 40, 11. He will feed his flock like a, like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs on his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother's sheep with their young. And this is what me and my wife are doing here in Frontline Resurrection is we're doing that. We're, feed, we're, we're feeding our flock. We're carrying our lambs. And we're gently leading the mother's sheep back to their young. So what God does is he provides. He provides food for his sheep, shelter, 
basic necessities. That's what a shepherd does. He protects. He protects from the enemies from harm, from the wolves that are trying to take down us every day. That's what, that's what the shepherd does. He, he watches over you guys. He tells you what to do. Then he guides. He leads them, helps them out when they don't know what to do, when they're confused. And I got a video for this. So go ahead and watch it real quick. There's the shepherd getting the sheep out. There we go again. <laughs> there goes Pastor Richard like, oh my God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That was me. That was me. I kept jumping back into the ditch, jumping back into the ditch. Come on, Tomas, get it already. So, so he correct, he's corrects us. When problems arise, he straightens them out. It's an insurance. God gives us insurance for eternal life. That's our insurance. So when problems arise and he straightens them out, listen to him. Listen to your shepherd. I'm telling you, he's not just telling you these things because he wants to control you. He's telling you these things because they work. Philippians 4.19, God will meet all your needs, not our greeds. How many of you guys pray, <laughs> and you're praying for you? What, bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. God, God blesses us, but he blesses us to bless others. That's the blessing. The blessing is to be the blesser. The blessing is to see other people blessed, to see my, the people that I'm teaching rise up to be better than me. To be better teachers, to have more things than me. Not to get jealous. Oh, well, look at they got. Look at. No. I hope that every woman in this home, every man in UHC, that they get a ministry bigger than UHC, bigger than Frontline, and big, you know what I mean? because that's, that's when you know what you're doing. You're doing the right job. You're teaching. That's when you're doing what God wants you to do. So that brings me to Romans 8. Uh, verse 28. We all know this one. Yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. We can recite this one, huh? Yeah. So, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So we have a purpose, guys. Our purpose, God lays in front of us, but if we don't answer, we don't answer our purpose, we don't do the pur- what he's called us to do, so don't expect nothing. Just expect to be running around in circles like the Israelites when the promised land was right there. Right there the whole time, but because they fear, their doubt. Look what God has done for you guys. Look what God has done for you. And now God wants you to go over the bridge to the promised land. It's going to look scary. Everything that God wants you to do is scary. But when you got God with you, you're going to take those giants out. You're going to conquer that land, and you're going to get everything that God wants to give you. But we need to start getting out of our comfort zones. We get comfortable. I'm good. I'm good at this in this room right here. I don't want to go to the other house. I'm good at this apartment. I don't want to get a house. I'm cool. I don't want to worry about that. I'd, I'd rather pay rent and have the landlord come fix my stuff. I don't have to do it myself. But see, God wants us to let go. He wants the glory in everything. He doesn't want us on welfare. He doesn't want us on anything. He wants us to have everything. And he wants to give it. Not the government. He wants to give it to you guys. And that was the hardest thing for me. I'm not going to lie, because I've always, always had my welfare when I was, when I was 
coming up. I always had my EBT, this and that. So when I finally started making money to where I didn't need it, I was like, what? Like, you know what I mean? I, I need that. And God's like, I got you. Stop trying to hold on to these things. Let go of them. Because I'm going to give you more than you can even imagine. So, so accept Jesus as your Lord. Accept Jesus as your Lord. That's the first thing. How can I let God be my shepherd? Accept Jesus as your Lord. The Lord can't be your shepherd until the shepherd is your Lord. We need to let God be God. Step out of the way. Stop trying to be God. What is a Lord? The person is in control. Your boss, CEO, chairman, foreman, manager. God is all of these. Our, li- our life is most works when we, when we work onto these titles as onto the Lord. So all these people that God puts above you, we're, not, we're really working onto the Lord. Because when we work onto the Lord, we're going to satisfy all these people. Because we're going to work the supernatural. We're going to do things in the supernatural. Because that's the way God works. John 10, 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me. So, once you know God as your Lord and Savior, your shepherd, once you invite Jesus into your life, you start to hear his voice. And you stop hearing all those other voices that are lying to you. They're telling you to do this. Oh, it's okay, everybody else does it. God say, no, don't. I got something better than that. But you have to trust me. You still have to stop worrying. John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. To make Jesus Lord. To make Jesus Lord, one, you know Jesus. Two, you listen to Jesus. Three, you follow Jesus. Now these three is a relationship with Christ. All my life, I, I, I knew Jesus Christ. I knew he was real. I knew God was real. I knew everyone was I knew it was real. But I didn't have a relationship with him. It was just going to church with my grandma on Sunday so I could drive her car. <laughs> I mean, and, 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 that's, and then going on Christmas and on Easter. But that's all it was. There was no relationship. So I never got anything out of it. So it was so easy to sin. It was so easy to do the things that I wasn't supposed to do because I didn't have that relationship with him. So who's in control of your life? Playing God is the root of all worry. Worry is assuming responsibilities God never intended us to have. It is when you are trying to control things we are not supposed to. I'll make this work. So if you haven't accepted Jesus, you should worry. So, <laughs> so stop trying to control everything. Let go and let God. And God's speaking to me right now because I try to control things. I try to control my daughter. I try to control them. And God's like, what are you trying to do? I got this. I got this. You just keep serving me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and I'll take care of the rest. And that's, that's, what, took care, that's what, what happened with my oldest daughters because when I stepped out of the way of God and I went into the home and I gave everything to the Lord and I just prayed every day and I worshiped every day and I studied every day, all of a sudden my daughters started doing good. All of a sudden they, they started graduating, going to college, getting their bachelor's. It's like, all you got to do is step out of the way. So begin praying about everything, guys. When I was, when I was in Expect Miracle Ministries, there was a time where I was sitting there, because well, we'd pray every day, all day. Every day, all day, we'd pray, 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 pray,
And I had written down a, a list of prayers that I wanted to have when, I, when the future came. This is, God, this is what I want. I mean, this is what I, my family, all, everything that I prayed for, he gave it to me and more. That's how I know that God is so real and that prayer works. It might not just happen right away. Because a lot of times we want that microwave effect. I want it now. No, God wants to see your faithfulness. He wants to see how faithful you are. He wants to see where your heart is. If you're doing it on a man, he's not going to bless you. But if you're doing it on a him, he's going to bless you. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So when I'm at work or if I can't do something, I'm going to start to pray. I'm going to say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And it seems like I should start fixing things or things start, start happening. You know what I mean, Because we, we get so frustrated because we're always worried about this, we're worried about that. But when you just start praying instead of worrying, all of a sudden I'm able to put that desk together. Who knows, I could put a desk together, right? But I did it because I prayed. Our bunk beds, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, or the DVD player. Before my wife gets here, I got this DVD player hooked up. But we got to pray instead of worry because when you worry, you start to get mad. You start getting angry. You start getting frustrated. You start getting impatient. But when you start to pray, God starts to bring peace upon you. You have peace. It's okay. It's okay. I got this. So pray about everything you worry about. Worrying is stewing without doing. That's anxiety again. It can't change anything. Praying gets in touch with God. Who can change things? So God can change things. So are you going to panic or are you going to pray? So when you start to panic, remember this, guys. If you remember, take anything home tonight with you guys. Because you're going to start panicking about something once you get home. Guaranteed. I guarantee it. Something's going to take place. Start to pray. Start to pray. Just pray, pray, pray. In your mind. You don't have to do it out loud. I mean, just start praying. And God will take care of the rest. So 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Cast means to drop. Not, fish, not the fishing type of casting, because when you, when, then you'll reel it back in. When, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you give it to God, don't try to take it back. God, here, take this from me. But then you take it right back. You're like, hold up. Forgot something. (laughs) Just drop it off. Just here. Take it, God. I'm done with it. I can't do this no more. And when God sees that, that's when he takes you a level higher. Takes you up a little bit more. He gets you through this. He gets you through that. So he has this shelf of all these things that he wants to give us. All these things that you guys can't even imagine. But he's not going to give them to you till he knows that you can handle them. Because if you would have gave me the things that I have today when I was in my addiction, oh my gosh, I'd be dead right now. <laughs> because God knows when and when not to give us things. So once you learn not to want and just to want to give, just, just Lord, just bless me so I can give. Bless me so that I can help. When God sees your heart like that, that's when he's like, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. He starts doing it. And when God can trust you, oh, man, get ready for the floodgates to open up. Because he's going to move. If it is big enough to, so if it is big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. It's like I said before. God doesn't get tired of you. He doesn't get overloaded. We serve a big God, guys. We serve a big God. So no matter what you're going through, turn to the Lord. 
It's not going to get good right away. Your wife or your husband's not going to get happy right away. They're not going to be, oh, you're good now. No, you've got to show it. You've got to walk it. You've got to show that you're putting God first. A lot of times it gets a lot worse before it gets good. So it gets real bad and you're like, oh, this God stuff ain't working. I'm going to just go back to the world. Don't do it. Like I said earlier, when you're about to get your blessing, the enemy comes at you with everything he got. So check this out. Worry is like a dense fog. It only exaggerates the problem. So the National Weather Bureau says seven square foot blocks and 100 feet deep will fill a fog will fill less than a glass with water. So all this little tiny worry could just spread, is what he's saying. Your worry can cause everybody that just to spread on everybody. My worry can cause my wife to worry, my daughter to worry, every, the women in the home worry, everybody worries because of my worry. So we, we have to stay with the positive, the love. We have to, because that overcomes the worry. Because I, I love to hear when I'm worried, I'm saying, don't worry, God's got this. God's got this. Let me pray for you. And then they pray for you, and I like, thank you. That's all I needed. That's all I needed, just for somebody to pray for me, just somebody to remind me of the God that I serve. Consider one day at a time. It gets better, guys. Just like I said early, one day at a time. It's not going to happen right away. Poof, you're good to go. You're healed. No, it's one day at a time. Take me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, guys, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Don't open your umbrella until it starts raining. A lot of times we're worrying about nothing. Matthew 6, 11, give us today the food we need. The future can be overwhelming. Not one single thing will cause you to stop worrying. It requires a day-by-day trust. So when you start analyzing everything, you're like, whoa. You're looking at the big picture, the whole elephant. You start to worry. You start to trip out. But when you don't look at the whole picture, you just look at the, the day. I'm going to wake up today. I'm going to go to work. And everything just comes in God's perfect order. Boom, 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 boom. And, 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 and uh, uh, the day's ending. You're like, yeah, they got all that done. But see, if I would have sat there in the morning looking at everything that I had to do today, I would have started worrying, and I would have started stressing out and getting overwhelmed, and I can't do this, yelling at my wife, and this and that. But if we just take it minute by minute, day by day, God will take care of the rest. Takes me to point four. What? How has you worried? What has you worried? What causes you to freak out? I'll tell you right now, my daughters. <laughs> my daughters cause me to freak out. Because I, it's because you can't control it. You mean, it's like, I want them to do this. I want them to do that. And the women in the home, I want them, but I can't control them. Only God can do that. So everything that you're worried about, everything that's freaking you out, stop trying to control it. Just kick back, get into prayer, serve God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and God will take care of the rest. That is his promise. And when you serve God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, he will take care of it. It's when we start, no, God, get, I got to take care of this. You're not moving fast enough. I need to do this. I need, and then you go and do it, and you make it worse than it was. Get back, relax, let God take care of it. Matthew chapter 6, verses 32 to 33. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Seek God. 
everything, and he'll take care of the rest. Worry is what causes us to go and do stupid things. God knows your needs. Religion won't cause your stress to go away. Relationship is what is needed. So Wilbur Chapman, Chapman was called to encourage a young dying boy as he faced death. He told him, the Lord is my shepherd, as he pointed to his finger. As you reach to your index finger, hold it tight. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Is the Lord your shepherd? Is the shepherd your Lord? Please, Lord, provide and protect and guide and correct my life. I want to know and listen to you and follow you. That's all you need to do, guys. And right now, that's what God is inviting you guys to do. God wants each and one, each one of you guys to surrender. Surrender all your worries. Everything that is holding you back, surrender it. Give it to God. Trust in him. This is real stuff, guys. There's no reason that any of us as children of God should be walking around, moping around. We should be filled with the Spirit. But see, what happens is we get distracted and we start looking at other things. Jesus is right there with his arms open and we start looking at other things. And you're, oh, well, hold up, God, let me, let me check this out real quick. I got a good job over here. It pays good money. I'm going to do this, God. Okay, your, your plans, I'll, if this fails, I'm going to go with you. You just caused yourself a, a bunch of pain and worry because you decided to, to, to go for what the enemy likes to make good. Because the enemy is like an angel of the light. He makes it look real, real good to distract you from what God wants you to do. He does it all the time. Just wait on the Lord. Because when it's a God, all the doors are opened up. It's like, it's like so easy to do things. All of a sudden, I got his job. All of a sudden, I got, I got the money to get a vehicle. All of a sudden, I got the money to get an a, a, a apartment. All of a sudden, my credit's good. All of a sudden, I can get a house. All of a sudden, I can I get a ministry. It's weird because that's the way God works. As long as you just walk with him, he will take you to the promised land. So today is the day of salvation, guys. Today is the day that God wants to take you to the promised land. He doesn't want you to worry anymore. All these worries that you guys are going through right now, all these things that are, that are beating you up right now, just give it to God. Look what the Lord has done in my life, guys. Man, I was tore up from the floor up. You could not trust me. I was there to manipulate, lie, bring you down with me, the devil himself. If I'm not doing good, I'm going to take everybody around me down. Not today, though. God is using me to bring everybody that I'm around to him. It never stops, guys. So today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you stop worrying. You stop doing things on your own understanding. You stop being God and letting God be God. Today is the day that you let go and let God carry you. He wants to catch you, but he wants to see you let go. And that's the hardest thing because we're so worried about letting go of that, that good job. Or that, I mean, it's a good job, but that job is driving you to drink every day. It's a good job, but you're kicking with the wrong people. You're not surrounding your pipe, yourself with good people. God wants you to be in the kingdom. He wants you to be around kingdom-minded people. So when you give God everything and you surrender everything to him, he takes you places you never thought you'd go. He gives you jobs you never thought you'd have. But you have to surrender it. And you have to stop saying, oh, I know, I know. I got this. I love you, God. 
I've given my life to you last week, two weeks ago. No, he wants you to give your life to him every day. He wants you to repent every day because every day we mess up. Every day we do something stupid. So he wants us to live a life of repentance. Repent. God, I'm sorry I did it. Sorry. Go, go straight to the person I need to talk to. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. It's the flesh. It's the flesh. But the more that you do that, the more you stop doing it. The more that you continue to repent and the more that you continue to come to the altar to get prayed over, the more that you become stronger. The flesh begins to die away and the carnal man begins to live. You no longer want to stay on your phone all night, going through reels, playing video games, watching things that you don't want to watch or shouldn't be watching. You start wanting to do things that God wants you to do. That's read his word. Enough is enough, guys. It's, it's time for us to take our position in the body of Christ. Stop being spectators. Stop coming to church every Wednesday and Sunday just to hear a word. Start being the word. God has made us ambassadors. It's time for us to come out of the stalls and put our war, war outfits on and fight this good fight. Stop showing like we're that sheep that's jumping back into the ditch. Every time, every time you get good, you get cleaned up. They're like, oh, see, I'm going to go jump in the ditch one more time. I like it in here. It's wet. It's wet. It's wet in here still. It's dirty in here still. Stop doing it already. So I'm going to open up the altars, guys. First, I'm going to say, if anybody in this room hasn't accepted Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. Raise your hand. Come up to the altar. But if you don't want to do that, just say it in your heart that I want to do this. I mean it. I'm not trying to embarrass you and call you out in front of everybody. But I want you to get real with Jesus. I pray that this message didn't go into one ear and out the other, guys. I pray that when you guys leave this building, that you don't go back to screaming at your wife or screaming at your husband or screaming at your sister. I pray that you stop worrying and you start praying. So anybody out there, if they want to come up, to, well, first I'm going I'm to say the sinner's prayer because I believe in my heart that there's people out here that haven't accepted Jesus. They're just saying, yeah, I've accepted Jesus. I've done. But they're still living like hell. But today is the day of salvation. So everybody close their eyes. Lord Jesus, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. And that I'm tore up from the floor up. And that I need you, Lord. Cover me, Lord, with your precious blood. I believe that you died on the cross and were buried in a tomb and on the third day rose again. Jesus, I open the door of my heart and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus! And I want to open up the altars. If anybody out there needs special prayer and needs, needs one of our prayer warriors to come pray over you, come on up. Don't leave here. Oh, I should have asked them for prayer. Come up and get that prayer. Receive it. Prayer warriors, come up here and help out. There's a lot of people that need prayer right now. They're going through something. Today is the day that we're going to leave worry behind. And we're going to pray, pray, pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We praise you, God, for everything that you're doing in this building right now, Lord. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you move supernaturally, Lord, on everybody that has come up here to receive, Lord, and everybody that is sitting in the chairs, Lord Jesus, that knows they're going through something, Lord. 
Lord, I pray that you cleanse them, Lord, that you free them from those chains that keep tugging on them every time they want to do what is right, Lord. I pray that you begin to move supernaturally in their lives, Lord, so that they're able to see the supernatural, Lord. They're able to live the supernatural, Lord. We thank you and we praise you, God, for for your faithfulness, Lord, for, for your patience with us, Lord, for loving us when we didn't love ourselves, Lord. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, and we lift up all our words to you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah, guys.